Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. The Gospel According to Mark, Chapter 5 When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell to his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, If I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, the disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him, except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. C.S. Lewis, maybe you all know who uh, C.S. Lewis is. Uh, There's a quote that's attributed to him. He wrote uh, Mere Christianity, Chronicles of Narnia, several other um, Christian theologian uh, from the middle of the last century. Um, There's a quote that's attributed to him, but he didn't say it. He didn't write it. It can be found nowhere in his repertoire of in brilliant writing and everything, but I'm going to read the quote regardless. Um, 
because I think the quote really uh, works and it, it fits very well for today. So the quote is, when the whole world is running off a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. When the whole, it, John, we're gonna attribute it to John. I mean, it's not C.S. Lewis, so it's John. There you go, right? <laughs> yeah, let, think about that for a minute. When the whole world is running towards a cliff, the crazy person, according to the crowd, is the one who's running in the opposite direction. I think that is the description of who Jesus is. Not the crazy person running to the cliff, but running in the opposite direction. That's kind of the, the setup for everything in here. And uh, you get this, there, there's a lot going on in this passage. And Mark is such an interesting gospel writer because there's so many connections that are so easy to miss. So very easy because we're so busy going from one thing to the next to the next to that. Remember, we're back in this pattern. Immediately, 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 immediately. Then Jesus, time out, I got something to say. And then immediately, immediately, so this is where we are. We're in the immediately time. Things are going to happen one after the other. And uh, I'm jumping towards the end. Uh, Jesus, in this, this is the first time that Jesus is openly mocked and laughed at. He's criticized. He's questioned uh, in a bunch of different places. Uh, he's recognized for who he is. He's criticized for the company he keeps. The Pharisees are really big on opposing him, and they, they call him the, you know, what he's doing, blasphemy. Um, it, but this is the first time that he is openly laughed at, right? It's right at the end. It's verse 40. Uh, they laughed at him because he... Uh, He's there finally with Jarius, and there's this group of, of mourners there who, by the way, they're paid to be there. They're, so in that, it's that custom to have paid people to come and wail and mourn loudly. And so they're paid to be there. So clearly the girl must be dead. Otherwise, why would we get paid? What are you, crazy, Jesus? Why else would we be paid to be here? This is, that's, so this is why they're laughing at him. It looks like he's lost his mind. So I, I want to I point out a few things about, about this story. Because as I did with the children's sermon, it's a story that's interrupted by another story. There's Jarius and his daughter, and then there's the woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. And Mark does this often, where he has a story within a story, an interruption. And the interruption teaches a lesson that carries through to the rest of the first story. It's there for a reason. Mark isn't just, oh, you know what would be really interesting? Let's just throw this right in the midst. No, he's got a reason for doing this. And a lot of this has to do with the symbolism that's, that's going on in this. So I want you to notice a couple of things. How long has the woman been bleeding? 12 years. How old is Jairus' daughter? 12. 
Mark is very specific about this in both cases. The woman has been bleeding for as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. Two lives that have taken different courses, and yet both are in need of Jesus. And 12 has meaning. Can you think of any other things that are in Scripture where the number 12 might pop up? Go ahead, John. 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. What else? 12 tribes of Israel. Yep, absolutely. 12 months in a year, right? 12 means per- perfection or authority. Is it any wonder that Jesus is going to do something in which he has authority? Let's go back a couple of weeks. Jesus is in the boat coming across the same lake. He's going back and forth across this lake a couple of times. He's in the boat with the disciples and there's a storm. And they're all like, ah, this is crazy. And what does Jesus do? Calms the storm. He has authority over nature. He arrives at Gerasene. Last week, we heard about this. It's a Gentile town, and there's this guy who's possessed by legion, the demons, who comes rushing out to meet Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Casts out the demons. Jesus has authority over demons. And then today, Jesus comes back across that same, that same sea, which, by the way, is still calm now since Jesus calmed it, because he still has authority, he now comes back and he has authority. He's shown he has authority over sickness and now over death. What else could Jesus do? Stay tuned and find out in the coming weeks. <laughs> right? So, so there's this... Mark is using this number 12 as a kind of a signifier of There's authority here. Earlier in the scripture, by whose authority are you preaching this, Jesus? Wow. Mark is constantly connecting things back. Mark is always playing with time. Next week, we'll get a a real sense of of that that idea of how Mark plays with time. Um, So come back. Stay tuned. Find out what that's about. Uh, Um... The other, the other thing that's really interesting in this is the two women are not named, the girl and the woman who was bleeding, but they're given a title. Remember what that is? Daughter. Both of them are called daughter. Jarius says, my daughter. And when Jesus heals the woman, who's been bleeding, she's, of course, afraid because she's been bleeding, so she is unclean. She's been unclean for 12 years. She, which means it's not just a personal issue. We're not talking about literal cleanliness. We're talking about uh, ritual cleanliness. So the problem with that is if I am unclean and I come up and I happen to touch you, Kate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. You are now unclean. 
you are unclean. And if you touch someone else, you make them unclean, right? So if she's unclean for 12 years, that means she hasn't had human touch for 12 years. This is a communal issue because she's not in relationship with anyone that she has been in, in, in relationship with, family, friends. She spent all of her money. It says so right in the scripture. The only people that she's ever had conversation with is doctors, and it's actually gotten worse. And so there's this healing that happens. It's not just a physical healing for her, and yay, that's great. This is a restoration for a community because she's taken a big chance in going into this crowd. Remember, they, Jesus gets off the boat. The crowd comes. There was a crowd in Gerasen. They came also, and they said, uh, could you leave, please? You're, you're, you're really stirring the status quo. We don't like it. So the crowd came then. This time the crowd comes, surrounds Jesus, gets around him, impedes his progress. He agreed to go with Jarius, but he, they impede his progress. Come around, they're all touching. It says, there's, you know, the disciples are like, how, how are you asking? Who touched me? Have you not seen this entire crowd, Jesus? Right? And yet, it's this one woman who has unbelievable faith because there is nothing left. She's lost it all. She's at her wit's end. She's got nowhere else to turn, is the idea. Jarius is at his wit's end. These are people at the opposite ends of the socioeconomic spectrum. Jarius is the, the rabbi, the leader of the, the synagogue, who's well-respected and well-known. That's why he's named. He already has a position of authority and here he comes and he kneels down in front of Jesus, recognizing Jesus' authority. A lot of this has to do with Jesus and his authority. This is what Mark is really focusing on. This is what Jesus is saying, or Mark is saying, what brings healing is, is faith. And the, the tough thing about this becomes for us we, we often talk in terms of, well, I just got to have some more faith. I just got to have, I just got to believe harder. Who's that on? That's on us. That's not what Jesus is saying. This isn't about Jesus saying, well, you know, if you would have believed harder, you would have, you know, you would have taken care of this a long time ago. If you would have, Jarius, if you would have just had more faith, your daughter wouldn't, wouldn't be... Uh, doing anything. You know, she'd, she'd be all right. That's not what, what is going on here. When Jesus is talking about don't be afraid, just believe, what, what I had just talked about in the Sunday school is this isn't about try harder. It's all on you. Believe. This is about you've been given everything you need. Here I am in your presence. This is Jesus. Here I am in your presence. The, the embodiment of faith. Do not be afraid. Do not be hopeless. Do not be hopeless. Do not put up a wall of separation that separates you from me. 
Just believe is about don't make it, don't make it worse. This woman was saved because all the risk, well, I've got nothing left to lose. I'm going to risk really angering a whole bunch of people because I'm probably going to touch them on my way to Jesus. And I don't, and I, I am so sure that Jesus is going to do something because I got nowhere else to turn that I don't even need to touch him. I just need to touch his cloak, his clothing. And that will heal me because I got nowhere else to turn. Jarius comes, falls down at Jesus' feet. And this is a man of faith. And he says, my daughter is dying. I got nowhere else to go. This is a story, all these stories in here, the ones that that I've already mentioned about the, the storm at sea, there's a bunch of storms. There's the storm at sea, and it's chaotic. It's a form of natural evil and potential death. And Jesus has authority and calms it and brings calm and life. Jesus comes, and there's a storm on the land, not in terms of weather, but of this wild man who is possessed, and it's the storm of demons who come. And as we, we heard about it, that it's often heard in the town that he's wailing and screaming and chains can't hold him. You get this sense of like a cyclone. And Jesus has authority over the storm and sets him free. And brings life. They come back across the water. There's a storm in the sense of this crowd, this unruly crowd who comes in and pushes in on Jesus. And Jesus stops. Who touched me? It stops everybody. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Brings life, calm, And then he gets to the house, and there's another storm of people who are outside wailing loudly, and it's chaotic and commotion, it says. And Jesus says, here, let's go in. Little girl, rise. Brings life and calms and brings life and settles things, and it will continue. This is Mark talking about Jesus having authority over death. It's a preview of what's going to happen when we get finally to Mark 15 and the crucifixion and Mark 16 with the resurrection. This is Mark telling us that in the midst of the storms, we can't fix it, only Jesus can. No matter how hard we try, there's only Jesus. There's only Jesus. And Jesus does what oftentimes seems crazy and unbelievable. People rush to him because we got nowhere else to go. Death has a way of stripping us of our sense of control. Death oftentimes we see as this kind of enemy, but it serves a purpose. It's a part of the cycle of life. It strips us of our sense of control. It gets in our face and says to us, you're not in control. We don't like that. 
Jesus doesn't restore control to any of these folks, but rather gives them something better, life in him. That they had nowhere else to go, and now it's centered around him and his healing and his shalom and his peace and his restoration of community and relationships, of touch, of sanity, of all sorts of things. This is what Mark is telling us, is good news. It's not about how hard we try. It's about what Jesus does for us, because we got nowhere else to go. And that's good news, because if, if there wasn't Jesus, we would literally have nowhere else to go. And Jesus is there for us. In the midst of it, in the midst of the storms, in the midst of death, in the midst of all the craziness and everything. And people may laugh and ridicule and all that, but this is what our faith is founded in. It's founded in Jesus, centered in Jesus, and Jesus gives us life. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.